0: This is Squawk Pot. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today, our podcast is following the Fed. That sounds exciting. The Federal Reserve is making unprecedented moves to support the American economy. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard explains the strategy.
1: This is relief, not stimulus. The whole idea is to hunker down, lie low, let the virus go away.
0: And the man who led the U.S. through the 2008 financial crisis and the subsequent recession, former Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke.
2: The public health issue is is the most important one. Uh, if we can get that straight, we won't have anything like the extended downturn we saw in even, I don't even think, in the Great Recession, much less the Great Depression of the 30s.
0: It's Wednesday, March 25th, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right now.
3: Stand back you by in three, two, one. 2, please.
4: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. As Joe mentioned,
0: we are... The White House and Senate leaders have reached a deal on a massive $2 trillion stimulus to combat the economic impact of the coronavirus outbreak. In addition, the Federal Reserve has taken a number of steps to stem the damage and keep markets functioning. And that's where we're focusing today's podcast, the Fed, what it's done and what it can do as the nation's central bank. Among the moves is an open-ended commitment to continue buying assets under its quantitative easing measures. There are also multiple other programs, including one for Main Street business lending, the small businesses in my community and yours that are closed due to the coronavirus shutdown, and others aimed at keeping credit flowing. The Fed will be moving into corporate For the first time, purchasing investment grade securities in primary and secondary markets through ETFs or exchange traded funds. Additional measures include the issuance of asset backed securities, these are backed by student loans auto loans, credit card loans, loans guaranteed by the Small Business Administration and certain other assets. Got it? It's a lot. The moves are the most aggressive the Fed has made to date, and have been done considerably faster and more aggressively than what happened during the financial crisis a dozen years ago. And analysts estimate the Fed could take its balance sheet, which is the live report of total assets and liabilities held by the Fed, as high as $10 trillion. Speaking of big numbers, among those with dire warnings for the economy after this shutdown of activity, however long that takes, is Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis President James Bullard. In an interview over the weekend, Bullard predicted the unemployment rate could reach 30 percent in the second quarter, and GDP will fall by 50 percent. Thirty percent of Americans out of work is scary. That is three times the worst of the 2008-2009 crisis, and worse than during the Great Depression. For more on getting the economy moving post-pandemic, Bullard spoke today with Becky, Joe, Andrew, and CNBC Plan economics Had correspondent years,
4: Steve Leesman.
1: I want to think in terms of a national pandemic adjustment period, uh, mostly Q2, real GDP will be reduced on purpose to meet health objectives. But it's an investment in public health. It's not a recession as conventionally defined because this is an intentional uh, move being made here. It's a planned partial shutdown of the U.S. economy, mostly during the second quarter. If you look at these numbers, uh, the U.S. GDP for a quarter is, very round numbers, is about five trillion dollars. So if you cut that in half, you're only talking about producing two and a half trillion, and that means uh, uh, two and a half trillion less of household income that we would otherwise have so I think the $2 trillion package, uh, looks like it'll pass the Congress now, is about right. It's scaled about right for this situation. And this is relief, not stimulus. Uh, we're not trying to move production into the second quarter. The whole idea is to hunker down, lie low, let the virus go away. But I guess my point on, on talking about this is that the numbers will be unparalleled. But don't get discouraged because this isn't at all comparable to past events in U.S. macroeconomic history. This is a special quarter. Uh, And uh, once the virus goes away, uh, then things will, if we play our cards right and keep everything intact, then uh, everyone will go back to work and everything will be fine. So part of that is that we want to use the unemployment. Insurance program, and I want to call that pandemic relief instead and we certainly want to encourage heavy usage during the second quarter because uh, the whole point is to get keep people whole and keep businesses whole during this period so so that they can uh, get tied tied it over and get over to the third quarter so and as far as the timeline uh no one really knows but uh you know this virus might might take other uh, paths on us here, we don't really know. But I think for planning purposes, we want to think about the second quarter as the big hit quarter.
4: Does that mean you're anticipating, at least at this point, that you could see a very sharp snapback back to normal levels
1: for the third quarter? So, what I think would happen is uh, if we play our cards right and the virus proceeds, you know, roughly speaking as it does in China, uh, then uh, the third quarter would be a transition quarter. Uh, there'll be talk about reinfection, all kinds of things, but uh, uh, businesses will be coming back online. And then at that point in the fourth quarter and, and the first quarter of next year, uh, then I think you'd see boom quarters <clears throat> where there's a lot of production at that point uh, because uh, there would be sort of a pent-up demand and, and a lot of things that didn't get done and got delayed would all start to get done uh, at that point.
4: James, what do you think just about the infrastructure? Are we going to be able to handle all the unemployment claims that come in? Are we able to get this money immediately to the people who need it the most and to the businesses that need it?
1: So I think that's a great question. And I think there, this is just think of this as just one huge project. And we're going to quit tracking the economy during this uh, during this huge project. And we're just going to try to execute and execute the plan to keep everybody whole. And I think what you'll see is, uh, you know, a little bit of chaos uh, to, to try to get this going. But I also think people will um, be inventive and be up to the task. They understand the situation and, uh, and we'll get the whole thing done. But it'll be, you know, it's a big, sprawling country, and you've got lots of people affected here. So there are going to be lots of challenges ahead.
5: So, Jim, when you mentioned something like 20 or 30 percent unemployment, uh, you know that's a Rorschach test. It's pandemic relief, Joe. I know, but but I'm just saying that when you mention that, you have it's a Rorschach test. People, doom and gloom people looking for a, a I don't know Armageddon are going to say if we back in the crisis had in 2008 financial crisis if we had 10 12 13 percent employment and the s p P you know went below 700. If we get 30 percent unemployment, then why shouldn't the S&P reflect, you know, be three times lower than it was during the financial crisis? And I've been saying it's because you when you said that you were talking about that as a quarter or two quarter maybe event. And that's not really an apples to apples comparison. Is it to look for for lows in the market like that? That's right,
1: and uh, that's why I say it's not comparable. So the time series would be by quarter, you know, you'd have uh, some 4% unemployment, 4% unemployment, 30% unemployment, 4% unemployment, 4% unemployment, so that you'd have this huge spike, mostly centered in the second quarter, uh, but everyone knows exactly what that is. That's pandemic relief that was done on purpose and, uh, again, if we can get this to work right, uh, everything will snap back to normal once this is over.
2: Steve? Hey, uh, Jim, I'm wondering if you could tell me how your, um, the Fed is going to loan to Main Street. Is the St. Louis Fed, one of the 12 districts ba- district banks, gearing up to become a commercial bank? H- how, how do you get loans, uh, both the Federal Reserve System and, I suppose, the St. Louis Fed, or, or money out to small businesses in order to tide them over through this very difficult period? You know, this
1: uh this is another great question. I haven't actually seen the language in the bill and uh so I don't really have uh, uh a good idea about this. We do lend, as you know, uh through the discount window to banks. So the simplest uh the simplest idea would be that the bank makes the loan to their small business. Uh that they know, they know the customers all across the country and that gets labeled as a pandemic loan and that gets presented at the discount window and then we lend to the bank. So some kind of mechanism that looks like that would be, uh, would be the simplest thing. Again, I think this is moving extremely fast. So you want to use systems that are already in place and channels that are already in place instead of trying to set up new infrastructure. If you try to set up new infrastructure, it might take you 90 days and the whole thing's over by the time you get to
3: that. Andrew? Hey, hey Jim. Jim, one of the things I'm trying to understand, and I think it's, it's where, where Joe was going with in terms of uh, where the market is, um, I gather you think we're going to get back to 4% unemployment uh, in relatively short order. The question that I'd ask you, though, about that, prediction is you look at places like Las Vegas, for example. Um, You know, do you do you do you genuinely believe that Las Vegas is going to be up and running uh, at the levels it was uh, four weeks ago? You know, come this fall, is that is that is that realistic, especially given the fact that this continues to look like it's going to be a rolling crisis, given that we haven't had a, a meaningful lockdown? Um, you know, you're going to have people even in China going to uh, they're opening a movie theaters. Nobody's in them, but when they do open them, people have to be spaced out, one seat uh, empty to another seat empty. Um, you know, that could take a very, very long time. And so, I'm just trying to understand your thinking in terms of what unemployment really looks like, and also what what PEs are going to look like on these companies. What kind of earnings some of these companies are going to have?
1: Yeah. Um- that's why I say the third quarter, you know, again, everything depends on the virus, but the third quarter would be some kind of transition quarter where you can open things up and you take special precautions, you're worried about reinfection, uh, but maybe testing will be better, maybe other factors will be better, um, and uh, you'll have a better idea about where the virus really is. And then I think by the time, you know, this thing is temporary, so at some point, you'll be able to say, okay, this is behind us uh, for now. Uh, I'm sure this is going to shape uh, public health for a long time to come, but, but uh, it is going to be temporary, and I think Wall Street should be valuing these companies uh, knowing that, uh, that this is temporary and knowing that there's a lot of uh, great production lying out there in the future.
4: Jim, I want to thank you for your time today. Obviously, things are changing pretty quickly. We'd love to have you back. Give us an update as you get more details on how this is going to work and actually start implementing some of it.
1: Okay, super. Thanks for having me today.
0: Next, the man who oversaw the American economy in the other biggest crisis since the Great Depression on what COVID 19 could mean long term.
2: It's much closer to a major snowstorm or a natural disaster than it is to a Classic 1930s-style depression.
0: Former Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke, when Squawk Pot is back. You're listening to Squawk Pod, taking you behind the sounds of Squawk Box on CNBC. Our next guest on the Fed today former chairman Ben Bernanke. He led the central bank for eight years under Presidents Bush and Obama, and through the 2008 financial crisis, as well as the recession that followed, which means he was in charge the last time the Fed cut interest rates to near zero. Bernanke was a key player in the $700 billion bank bailout during the crisis, and part of his plan to prevent another depression involved quantitative easing, essentially injecting cash into the real economy. If this economic assertiveness sounds familiar to what you heard earlier, that's because in a lot of ways the United States government and the Federal Reserve are dusting off some of Bernanke's playbook from 2008 to combat this 2020 crisis. Chairman Bernanke's perspective is key now, not just because of his personal experience. Beyond that, He's an economic historian. His focus? The Great Depression. Former Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke joined Squawk Box today. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin.
3: Chair Bernanke, if you could, uh, I've seen you now say that you don't think this is like the financial crisis, but given some of the steps that the Fed is taking, uh, it looks like it could be even bigger. How do you think about it?
2: Well, the financial crisis was a, a collapse of the financial system. That's where it started, with the subprime mortgages and the loss of confidence in the financial system. Right. Credit broke down, and then that was what hurt and you know really damaged the real economy, the rest of the economy. In this case, it's kind of the other direction. The, 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 of course, the, the source of the problem is the virus, which is shutting down the economy and uh, putting a lot of businesses into, uh, into hiatus. Uh, but that means that uh, the banks who, who are lending to those firms are, are, you know, taking losses or will take losses. And so uh, the infection, is still, so to speak, is going in the other direction from the economy to the financial system. There's a lot of stress in the financial system now. Right. The good news is that we came into this with a much stronger banking system, a much healthier financial system that we had in 2007. So I'm hopeful that uh, it'll stand up under the strain and help us, you know, be a positive force in getting back to normal.
3: Jim Bullard uh, just spoke with us and suggested that, you know, we walked into this in a 4 percent unemployment world, that maybe we spike at some kind of 30 percent unemployment in the second or third quarter, but that he could see us in, in the end of the year, or early 2021, being back at 4 percent. Does that make sense to you? There are some questions about sort of this uh, this snapback idea and whether that, that that's that's possible.
2: Well, um, it, it is possible. There's going to be a very uh, sharp, uh, short I hope short uh, uh, recession uh, in the next quarter or two because everything is shutting down, of course. And and you know uh, the GDP figures are calculated on an annual basis. So if if activity is 10 percent lower this quarter than last quarter, you multiply that by four and you say, well, there's a 40 percent rate of decline. So you're going to see some really scary numbers, and and unemployment is going to go up, although maybe not to 30 percent. So what, whether or not we're going to snap back depends on a couple of things. It depends, first of all, on the course of the virus. Uh, will our uh, social distancing strategy work? Will the virus begin to die down? Will it uh, perhaps uh, be less dangerous in warmer weather? Uh, will we bend the curve enough that the hospital system can handle the number of cases? So so the length of time that we're shut down is going to be important. And then the second factor will be can we keep the economy uh, healthy Or at least functioning throughout this shutdown period. And one of the things you mentioned, the Fed, what the Fed is trying to do is make sure credit is available so lots of businesses which are losing revenue because, you know, they're shut down will still be able to survive. And when the, when the all clear is sounded, they'll be able to start back up again. So if there's not too much damage done to the workforce, to the, to the businesses during the shutdown period, however long that may be, then we could see a fairly quick rebound. But the, the, there's also the possibility that uh, bankruptcies and uh, people being laid off and, and or not finding jobs during this shutdown period means it takes longer for things to get back to
3: normal. How does a central bank become a commercial bank? Because so much of what's now uh, being planned effectively puts the Fed in the position of. Uh, 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 effectively, at least uh, through banks and intermediaries, but loaning money uh, to nail salons and restaurants and small businesses?
2: Well, the Federal Reserve has these uh, uh, emergency lending authorities called the 13-3 authorities, which in theory allow it to lend to anybody, assuming that the credit markets are broken down and normal credit flows are not available. Now, the Fed does not have the uh, capacity to, you know, decide whether a barbershop deserves a loan or not, so it's got to work through other intermediaries. So, for example, uh, presumably this uh, Main Street program that I hoped will be up and running soon will work through the banking system, where the, F- the Fed will provide funding, provide some credit protection to banks, and provide them, therefore, an incentive to extend the credit of their barbershop customers. So the Fed has got to work through other uh, institutions. It can't uh, really make direct loans to to, to businesses, uh, just as a, as a practical matter. Now it will it will uh, buy bonds. It will buy corporate bonds. It will buy uh, Ginny uh, uh, May and and Freddie May. Uh, uh, mortgage-backed securities, for example, those are, those are easily bought in the open market. But the individual loans to companies, it's going to need some some vehicle, some intermediary that's going to actually work with those borrowers. I think Joe's got a
5: question. Joe? I, I do. Chair Bernanke, thank you uh, uh, for, for coming on um, this morning. And the markets had a big day yesterday. Part of it was anticipation, I guess, of the deal, the fiscal deal. But I think some of it had to do with with the Fed action uh, and it ran counter to what we were hearing that the Fed can't cure a virus. I, I mean, the Fed can do can do a lot, obviously. And then we heard Neil Kashkari. I, I think you may have seen it, where he said basically have infinite uh, capabilities in terms of of helping things. I remember you've heard all these analogies, but I finally remembered it. The Fed at this point is trying to use a spaghetti noodle, wet spaghetti noodle, to uh, to play pool as a pool cue. Which, um, when I think about that. Uh, which, which do you think is true, infinite ability or pushing on a string?
2: Oh, I'd, I'd put somewhere in between there. So uh, monetary policy is part of the mix. The Fed has cut interest rates near to zero. It's starting essentially another quantitative easing program. That will help once the isolation is over. We're getting back to business. Monetary policy will help. But monetary policy is not doing much now. It doesn't do much to incentivize people to go out and buy when they can't leave their homes. So what the Fed is doing is using another set of powers, which is its lending powers, which we used in the 2008 crisis as well. And in a world where credit markets are not functioning well, that can be a very big help. And, uh, you know, I, I would just like to say, you know, I can say this now since I'm six years away from being in the institution. I can say that I think the Fed has been extremely uh, proactive, and Jay Powell and his team have been, working really hard and gotten ahead of this and uh, have shown that uh, that they can set up a whole bunch of diverse programs that will help us keep the economy functioning during the shutdown period so that when uh, when the all clear is sounded that uh, we'll see a a much better rebound than we otherwise would
4: chairman bernanke we've been uh, watching the markets and and it seems like just about every day we're quoting some new record that we haven't seen since 1931. Uh, you were a student of the great depression how is this going to be different than what what happened back then?
2: Well, this is a very this is a very different animal than the Great Depression. The Great Depression for one thing lasted twelve years, and it came from human problems, monetary and financial uh, shocks that hit the system, hit the global system. This this has some of the same feel, some of the feel of panic, uh, some of the feel of volatility that you're talking about, but it's it's really it's much closer to a. a, a a major snowstorm or a natural disaster than it is to a classic 1930s style depression, so uh, it, it's it's quite different, um, and uh, you know the different tools are necessary. And particularly, I, I would just like to emphasize that nothing is going to work. The Fed is not going to help. The fiscal policy is not going to help if we don't get the public health right. If we don't solve the problem of the of the virus, of the infections, of making sure that that the, uh, the risk has declined sufficiently before we put people back in the line of fire. So I think the public health uh, issue is, is the most important one. Uh, if we can get that straight, then we know how to get the economy working again. Monitoring fiscal policy can do their thing. And uh, we won't have uh, anything like the extended uh, downturn we saw in, even I don't even think in the Great Recession, much less the Great Depression of
3: the 30s. Chair, uh, Chair, uh, Chair Bernanke, on that issue, uh, how much confidence do you have the, in the administration uh, on uh, the efforts that are being taken around the virus itself, uh, the lockdowns that are in place? Um, Bill Ackman put out a letter this morning suggesting that we needed to have a national lockdown and that the administration effectively wasn't doing enough.
2: It's going to take a while before we're sure that uh, the rate of infection and sickness is something that our hospital system can handle, we can address that both by isolation, so social distancing, but we can also address it by a really national effort to increase our hospital capacity to make sure there's enough beds, enough ventilators, enough doctors, enough uh, the nurses, enough uh, enough uh, masks. Right. So if we can get that part together, you know, that will shorten the period in which we have to, you know, lock down the economy. We don't want to. We don't want uh, to put people back to work when the health, public health situation is still uh, in in bad shape. Because people start getting sick, the hospitals get over overflowing, and then people will uh, isolate themselves, and the and the thing will will not sustain. So, uh, it is important that before we uh, put everybody back to work, that we feel like we have the the public health situation under control.
3: Uh, Ray Dalio made a point on, on the program last week um, that he worries about the market for treasuries, given uh, the fact that uh, we're going to be selling lots of treasuries. Uh, you're going to have governments around the world doing that all at the same time, that ultimately maybe the market for treasuries will only be central banks. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I think there are long-run issues with the national debt. You know, I, mean, I think we've got, uh, we have to worry about uh, the aging of the population, the rising health care costs, the things that we need to get straight you know, before uh in the next decade or so as as our national debt begins to rise. But at the moment, you know, there's there's a big demand for uh treasuries. Uh of course they're paying very low interest rates. Um there's been some um dislocation in the market for treasuries, probably due to deleveraging and other factors. The Fed is buying treasuries in order to stabilize that market. But uh I, I think the treasury market is gonna remain, you know, the the most important financial market in the world. I think there's a, a big global demand for treasuries, even if there's some temporary glitches. And uh, I certainly wouldn't uh, argue that we should, it, for for fiscal uh, conservatism reasons, not do everything we need to do to address this problem. I mean, in, in World War II, in the 1940s, we had massive deficits. We had to do that. We had to fight a, a war against, uh, against Germany and Japan. Um, eventually we paid back some of that, but, uh, right now I think that, uh, going big is, is, is right. And, uh, I think the markets will absorb the treasuries and the fed will, will help keep that market
3: working in a smooth way. Uh, chair Bernanke, Dom Chu sent a question, which I think is a really smart one. He says, does a prolonged age of ultra low interest rate policy lend itself to more frequent boom and bust cycles? Do you think that's true.
2: I, I, you know, I think it, uh, it's something we have to watch out for. Uh, you know, it's not evidently true. If you take a look, for example, at Japan, which has had zero interest rates for 30 years. I haven't seen, you know, a whole lot of booms and busts in Japan. But, it, I mean, I think it's something you have to watch out for. But the other thing I would say is that low interest rates uh, are not, and I know some of you will be skeptical, but it's just a fact that, that low interest rates around the world are not primarily a monetary policy phenomenon interest rates around the world have been declining since the 80s. And if you look at the, the 10-year Treasury yield since 1980 from then till now, 40 years, it looks like a ski slope. It just The rate just keeps coming down and down and down. And as I've talked about before, I think what we have in the world is a, a global savings glut, that there's uh, longer lifespans, uh, rising incomes, and for a variety of reasons, there's a lot of savings in the world. Any asset manager will tell you that. And it's hard to find uh, good uses for that money, higher to find good capital projects so the the even when monetary policy is at a normal level, and we got pretty close to a normal level when uh, the Fed was uh, raising rates earlier uh interest rates are going to be much lower than in the past, so low interest rates are are something we 're going to have to live with for a while, very likely, and uh, we have to be very alert about uh, financial risk. Uh, right. The Fed is looking at that in much more detail than we used to. Um, but, uh, again, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a monetary policy thing. It's a, uh, it's a long-term
3: trend. Uh, Chair Bernanke, we want to thank you uh, for, for joining us this morning. We appreciate the conversation. Uh, hopefully we can continue to have this conversation as uh, this story uh, continues. We, of course, hope it doesn't continue that long. But uh, we really appreciate your perspective this morning. Chair. Okay. Thank you.
5: I haven't blocked everyone on Twitter. Uh, did you guys see this one? That it's ironic that uh, <laughs> it's ironic that this uh, this deal Yet. in Congress that it was a handshake deal. It's ironic. What do you think of that, Torkin? It's ironic. Oh my that gosh.
4: Was, you're right. What it's were ironic they that it <laughs> should have been
3: maybe a, a fist bump should've deal fit- or maybe an elbow, elbow deal. Or, you know or, me. I- yeah, I I don't do handshakes, so I I don't do handshake. You've deals. been right I've, about I've that, yeah, and I've been and, and I've been time. thinking
5: about it, you know, and I've never worried about it as you said, and hugs and and everything. But what are we doing? These people are just walking germ factories. So I I'm you Wah. know I make
4: you finally come around, Joe.
3: This six Joe, foot thing, this six is, foot you thing. You my say just, now that you agree with me, I have to rethink my <laughs> yeah, rethink my my standard. That's what we always
5: say, but. <laughs> I may, this six feet thing, I, I may just, except for my family, I may just institute that permanently, I think. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. I mean well, you, you've been why you,
3: on Twitter, so it's...
5: Why do you need to get closer to anyone?
0: And that's SquawkPod for today. Thanks for listening and for sticking with us when there is a lot of content about the coronavirus out there squawk box is hosted by joe kernan becky quick and andrew ross sorkin tune in weekday mornings on cnbc at 6 a.m eastern to get the best of our tv show right into your ears subscribe to squawk pod wherever you listen tweet us thoughts comments questions at squawk cnbc and stay safe we'll meet you back here tomorrow
6: this podcast is supported by fedex dear small and medium businesses